In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The kingdom of God is like a good country music song. As a boy born and bred in Nashville, Tennessee, there's an old cliche that says, country music is mostly comprised of three chords and the truth. The genre has a tendency to be characterized as unremittingly sad. Needless to say, those broad descriptions are some that limit the scope of a type of music that encompasses a myriad of musical strategies and is capable of conveying the full range of the human condition. That is what makes it different. Yet there is no doubt that he stopped loving her. The 1980 masterpiece by George Jones does indeed adhere to those cliches, even as it finds a way to transcend them. The truth can be found in Jones's stunning performance, a vocal for the ages, and the song itself composed by Bobby Braddock and Curly Putman contains the sadness and gut-wrenching heartache we have come to know of country music, which was then amplified by the majestic proportions by the production of Billy Sherrill. All of these disparate elements and unique personalities meshed to create this one-of-a-kind recording from 1980. The accolades for the song were immediate. It won Grammy, Academy of Country Music, and CMA Awards. The only thing that can match its lofty status might be the unlikeliness of the circumstances behind the song's creation and recording. George Jones was at a low point, both personally and professionally, in 1980. Substance abuse had wrecked the trajectory of one of the finest careers in country music, and his previous few singles and albums were lacking in comparison to some of his best. Luckily, the legendary producer Billy Sherrill was out scouting material for Jones's next album when he came upon a song about one man's unwavering devotion to a former love. Sherrill liked the song in which the man's love for his ex is interrupted only by death. Jones was on the mend in his personal life when he headed into CBS Studio B in Nashville to record the song. Cheryl got what he needed and did the rest, bathing the song in production techniques that had an undeniable flair, yet weren't invasive. This was no ordinary song. He Stopped Loving Her Today is about the kind of love we all would like to find one so powerful that not even separation can diminish it. Many breakups are instigated by one person who, to soften the blow, will speak just like the woman in the song. She told him, you'll forget me in time. Most of the time, the other person eventually does. Only this guy doesn't forget. He says it in the very first line sung by Jones with placid authority before the music even begins. He said, I'll love you till I die. The cerebral reaction to He Stopped Loving Her is that it embraces country music's hallmarks and shows just how effective they can be. But on an emotional level, it speaks to the heart of the human condition. Loss, longing, and a deep abiding love a theological claim if ever one was made. 
It is in this very spectrum of emotion that the kingdom of God is alive and present. Not just in the joyful moments as a newborn baby is held by their mother for the first time, or when the scroll is handed to a graduating senior as they walk across the stage into a future bright with possibilities. But in the mundane, the low points that come from a life lived in vulnerability and heartache, the kingdom of God is just as present in those moments when a newborn breathes their last breath in a NICU room because their tiny lungs can't find the power to keep them alive. Or when the reality of failure hits a student who is driving home with a dorm room in boxes because their grades said they weren't cut out for college. Those are all songs of the kingdom of God. They are country songs that widen the pathways of the kingdom with despair and heartache, but make the kingdom grow into branches larger than any mustard seed tree, deepening the roots of our salvation and a God who is there in our suffering just as much as he is in our joy. There is incredible beauty in that frailty. You see, the kingdom of God does not discriminate in a life fully lived. It's not some far off distant place up in the clouds waiting to be reached at the end of our earthly journey. It is here. It is now in the midst of us wading into the swirling pools of joy and sadness, love and despair equally. We have to give ourselves permission to hear that country song. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven is not some distant wish, but a proclamation of what was begun in Jesus and continues with each of us today. We have a role to play in building that kingdom. If we open our eyes to the world around us with kingdom eyes, we start to catch a glimpse of what is and what could be. We begin to realize that when we see the kingdom of God in person, it is like finding a million dollars in a field or a jewel worth a king's ransom. It's like finding something you hated to lose and thought you would never find again. An old keepsake, a stray sheep, a missing child. But you see, for me, those glimpses do not just happen in the joyous moments of life, but in oftentimes are most present and most clear in the moments of frustration, utter despair, and unrelenting sadness. Those moments are always connected with glimpses of the kingdom of God and the idea of something more to come. Our frailty and despair is intimately bound up in our resurrection. Just like Jesus weeping at the grave of Lazarus becomes a moment of resurrection and new life for his friend. A man's final ballad to the love of his life it brings peace and closure to a life lived in love and vulnerability. The pain and loss of a miscarriage gives way to a family adopting a little girl from Kazakhstan who inherits a loving family only dreamed about. A boy abandoned by his mother sitting on the steps of his former house 
finds a father and stepmother willing to love him unconditionally and dedicates his life to youth ministry fueled by the notion that every child should be loved that way. And ultimately, the moment of a man hanging on a cross, reconciling the whole world to God with a love only tears can capture. Each of these songs fit well within the genre of country music. They fit because they're authentic. They bear the words of a life fully lived and do not shy away from naming their fragile vulnerability just in the way George Jones did in his 1980 classic. But the question remains, why do they resonate with us? I think that they resonate because they strike the chords in our own life. They are the songs that we need to sing. Whether it be a song sung on the old wood floor of country music's cathedral, the Ryman, or a gruff and chiseled voice of a boy from Asbury Park, New Jersey. The songs we sing are all part of the kingdom of God. And while we all need to play our song, the three chords we must play are faith, hope, and love. And the truth we sing is that we are loved beyond measure. What song will you sing?